Welcome to the After Show, where we discuss the message behind the message. My name's Jason. I'm one of the pastors here at Calvary Church. And this week, we're going to talk about marriage. Pastor Marty kicked us off, and so we're going to dive a little deeper with our friends here today. And so uh, we have Liam and Ari here. You guys have been married how long? Just over four months. four months. I think you guys stood up Sunday and almost won the gift card there. We made a mistake. We said five months and then we recalculated after and it was actually four months. <laughs> Whole months. We we're so close. So close. And we have Don and Alicia. Um, how long have you guys been married? Six and a half years. Oh, okay. Seven in October. <laughs> she said that with some attitude. Six and a half, right? You still have to celebrate it in October. And you guys have a brand new baby? We do. We do. A six month old. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I've been married 22 years coming this May to Julie. So we kind of have the whole gamut here. And so uh, I love the fact that when Pastor Marty started off, started us off this past weekend, he said the following, what begins with, uh, with God ends with God and is governed by God. And it really laid that foundation. What are some of your thoughts when he was sharing uh, that particular statement or anything you picked up from his message uh, this past Sunday? Like, I feel like this beginning stage of our marriage, we're in the first four months, it's just been really wanting to be a sponge and to be surrounded by people who've been married for seven years, 22 years, like all over the spectrum, being able to sit there and listen um, to their advice, their stories, and just what it means to have that godly foundation in your marriage. So being able to hear a whole sermon preached um, by Pastor Marty on Sunday was really just being a sponge and being able to soak up all those things. Now we know that women and men hear differently in the marriage relationship. <laughs> so Liam, what did you hear? Are you going to just differently from Ari or similar Comments. No, I think one of the things that really stood out is beginning with the prioritization of my wife. Um, I think one of the things that really stood out what Pastor Marty said was the idea that a lot of times we tend to prioritize like work or we prioritize a hobby of ours or um, maybe something else that we might idolize in a sense. But um, really making an effort to put my wife first, I think is a really important key. And um, we even took the, uh, recently we redid the, um, the five love languages and we took that test again just to make sure like we're loving each other the right way where it's not like hey she really wants to spend quality time with me but I'm here giving her as many gifts as I possibly can so actually diving into what she would want rather than what I think that she would want that's good in order to prioritize. you guys have done the five love languages I'm sure after six and a half years of <laughs> marriage right. so right. uh, you guys know each other's love languages by now we, we do, definitely. It is hard to express your love in a language other than your own. And you find that out really quickly. <laughs> We've done that several times, especially when it comes to how you celebrate someone. But we have learned over the years. Um, and what Pastor Marty, when he said what starts with God, you know, ends with God, that was a really good reminder after seven years because we did start with God. We went to premarital class. We sought God before we got married. We made sure that what we were doing was, was what God wanted. And it's a good reminder that now, seven years in, almost seven years, this is, um, this is still God's marriage and we still have to honor him and we have to really be conscious about how we're doing that. I think what uh, stood out to me about Pastor Marty is he wasn't ashamed to like love his wife out loud. And for me, I've, I've always done that. But more importantly, Pastor Marty talked about he wouldn't be where he is in life without his wife. And I know for me, for sure, um, I wouldn't be where I am in life without my bride because she has just been uh, a shining light. And I've had some dark days, but she's been right there beside me. So 
Yeah, and that kind of dovetails into that second part, and I, I think all the guys would agree with that, so we, we want to make sure we get our cool points. Julie, if you're watching, <laughs> um, I would not be where I am without uh, with our, her, but he kind of talked about that uh, when God set this whole thing up, you know, that the wife is not beneath the man, and, 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 and she's a helper, but not in the sense of she's helping you live your life, but she's co-equal, and she's your partner in this journey. I thought that was a powerful point to talk about how the Bible kills yes, chauvinism yes. and it kills sexism. Yeah, yeah, that was the first time I'd ever heard that, had heard it like put that way. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but usually in church, when you hear about the man and the woman, the woman is not equal to the man, she just isn't. And, yeah. and I think women are taught to learn to live with that and to be okay with that. And that was a really interesting perspective to explain what the word helper means and what it meant when Jesus, who is our help, that's the same word. And I thought that was amazing. And it still didn't undermine God's, his original plan for man to be the head. It didn't undermine it at all. It just says, we're not meant to be beneath anyone. We're, we're there to help. Yeah. And I thought, I thought that was, great. I thought that was a great point. What did you guys think when, when you heard pastor bring that point up? I mean, I'll, I'll say the same thing. I had not heard that point of view and it was refreshing to hear because you never want to think someone's below you in any sort of way. And not that I'd ever thought women were below men at any point, but to read into the context of what they were saying in that time and how part of pastor Marty's done that over a couple Bible studies of like, you got, you can't take things out of context. Right. You got to read it for how it was written and how it was supposed to be um, taught. And I just thought that was an awesome way to view it. Cause I was like, that's exactly who my wife is, is the, is my helper. But um, kind of going off what Don said from time to time, not just one of us, but both of us can be dragged to other things of this world. And it's the job of our spouse or our significant other to kind of rein us back in of like, Hey, this is not the plan that God has for you. And time and time again, Ari's been that for me. I know I can attest to that, but um, just being the helper um, to the both of us that we need. I mean, I feel like that's super important. Yeah. And I think that when we look at our culture, every message we're getting says the opposite. And that's why I, I was so appreciative that Pastor Marty brought us back to what the book says, the Bible, because sometimes in life you can lose the definition and then you want to unfortunately emulate um, what we see versus what the Bible says. And there's a danger in that. And, and I think that we see a lot of people as pastors or in our church who are emulating the wrong model. But when we get that foundation that it begins with God, it ends with God and governed by God, that foundational piece helps to set the framework so the house can be built on a solid foundation. So such good stuff. Well, he moved us into the sin formula and he talked about how um, the, he brought these points up where we reject what God says or we assert ourselves or we add to what God says. And some of the sometimes when you see that happening in a marriage relationship, um, I know every time I've tried to add to what God says, I've gotten slapped around by God first and then my wife second. And I had to really recognize that um, my nature wants to do what it's, what it, what it, what it, what's against what God's word is. And I have to return and say, God, what do you want me to do? Um, because that sin formula is there and it causes us to question what God says. And we see a lot of that happening. Have you guys had opportunities with friends or maybe even in your own uh, relationship walks to maybe question what God says and then really have those moments where God brings you back? I think so, for sure. There is just like this culture, I mean, you just talked about it. The perspective in our culture is so different from what the Bible says, and we see that every Sunday. So I think just the choices 
um, that we prioritized before marriage, during marriage, and that we plan to well on down the road are different than maybe the people around us or the choices that have been shared with us. Um, and that goes like with anything, I understand, but especially marriage, I just think there's such a skewed view of it. So to be able to sit there and say, like, this is why marriages don't work because sin gets brought in this way, or you're, not that it doesn't work, but that it's struggling to hold together or jive the way it should, it was just good to see because whenever we've struggled with things, dating or married, like you can look at those four points and be like, oh, it was this, or it was this. It was me trying to figure out what, what God wanted me to do, whether than, or rather than actually just listening to him. Right. So it was good to hear that. Yeah, and I think it's a, a refreshing reminder also to understand that we have those, we understand ourselves, we have the dynamic within us, but then in the context of marriage, not allowing it to sabotage, remember the enemy's job is to divide and he wants to destroy our marriages. He doesn't want us to experience the happiness of that. And so what are some safeguards that you guys have as couples? Maybe you want to share that you've put in or maybe you, you do that helps you stay uh, united versus divided. I think for sure over the years we have learned when we are stepping away from the word, when we're stepping away from God, when we are really truly in the flesh. And when the Bible says you have to die to yourself daily, there's no better situation than marriage to practice that. Amen. I mean, truly. And, and we can tell when we're in an argument or something is, is happening, pride is probably the biggest thing that comes up between the two of us, myself included. And I think what we've learned is to be able to lovingly call each other out on that and to say, you know, you're, you're being prideful right now. You, you want to believe you're right or you want to say this is how it is, but that's not. The only reason you're sticking to that is because it's prideful. You know, mm -hmm. you're being prideful. And we've learned to listen. We've learned to be okay with that and to realize that my spouse is the one telling me this, but I'm, I'm going to answer to God for this. Yeah. And that, that's important to us. And if it wasn't at the beginning, it certainly is now. Yeah, I think even in our marriage, we try to hold each other accountable uh, with with our actions. But more, important, more importantly, Alicia is always reminding me that I am the head of the household and that God is holding my family. He's holding you accountable for the actions. So as now I'm a, I was a, I'm married to Alicia and now I have a daughter. It's just making sure that I'm doing things right by God. Yeah, and I think that accountability is important uh, to and, and understanding your role. I mean, you guys are four months into it. Right? Very fresh. <laughs> Very fresh <laughs> into it. But then me being the, the veteran, if you will, um, that was new to me. And I think Pastor Marty hit on it. You're not just marrying your girlfriend, but there is a divine assignment on top of that role now as your new titles of husband and wife in covenant. And that we can't um, squiggle out of that. Um, we have to we have to embrace that. But when sin comes in, to know that it has a goal of bringing brokenness and division and not allowing that division to separate us, but also hopefully drawing us to our knees. I, he brought that point up. He said, broken people marry broken people. And we've seen that. We've seen that in some of our friends, some of our contextual relationships where that brokenness is there. And, and, uh, and we're maybe put in a position where your marriage being four months in or six and a half years or 22 years, um, we're representing not perfection, we're representing people who are pursuing Christ. And that's the remedy for brokenness. And I, I think it's important for us just to understand that, you know, where health lies, you know. So 
some of the things we do, you guys talked about it. I know you guys, I did a wedding for you guys. <laughs> um, just prayer and Bible study. Talk about the importance of that in your early years, early months here in your marriage. Like kind of our daily routine, yeah. our anchors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know, um, I mean, I'll speak for the both of us, but at the same time you chime in if um, something's a little different. But I know for me, it's always getting up in the morning at the early hours because I'll, I'll head to the gym, but before I head to the gym, I have to get in the, uh, the Word. So I have to sit there and there's been times where I'm usually about a day behind on Pastor Marty, so I'll rewatch the day before. Um, or if you know he's on the stint where he gets blocked from Facebook, I'll, <laughs> I'll have to go. And I was actually taking, um, just listening to piano music and just literally reading through Luke and just starting, you know, it was more of Googling, hey, where do I start? Um, just because I've never read through the New Testament as a whole. I've read through bits and pieces, but never kind of started in a certain spot. Um, so I wanted to kind of begin reading it by myself. So I sat there and in the early hours of the morning before anything's up, before there's any distractions, it just allows me to kind of listen to what God's saying just in that quiet time. Um, and I think Ari's got kind of a similar situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's something definitely, like you said, I notice when I get lazy and I'm like, oh, I'd rather sleep in an extra 30 minutes and get up and get moving and sit down with my Bible open. If I do that one day, it might sleep into the next day and then the next day. And then, like you said, you start realizing, like, okay, there's been a pull away from God and the impact that it's had in our day. Like, I, I'm speaking effect. for both of us. But, yeah, totally. It's something that becomes very humbling. And then to be able to sit there and say, okay, I know what I'm not doing. I know what I need to be doing has helped so much because prioritizing that just sounds so simple and I guess it is simple but just starts your day now you're doing right off. Now you're doing that obviously as newlyweds prior to kids coming let's, yeah. flip, let's flip over we here more we got time. a newborn and routines can get interrupted by a newborn yeah just a little or, or my situation teenagers who don't <laughs> oh, shower uh, but that's a whole nother story um <laughs> but what are you guys doing as far as now with the newborn and routines and trying to keep that marriage strengthened through the word it is tough. I will say at the very beginning of our marriage, and you guys can, if this is, if this rings true for you, hopefully it doesn't, but we argued a lot because we, obviously we never lived together. There's things you have to figure out. I am Big time. incredibly, uh, I'm a neat person and he's yeah. more relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> and I think those things are really important. And I didn't, I don't understand why no one else would think like everyone should believe that, right? Things you don't know until you're right. Yeah. You're like, why would you not believe the same way I believe? <laughs> and so I remember there was a point at, at the very beginning of the first year of our marriage where I finally had to realize that I, I can't change him. I can't fix him. His brokenness is his brokenness and mine is mine. And we have to take that to the altar and God delights in that. He delights in your broken offering. As long as those things are out there, we can help one another. So I would early in our marriage pray, and I highly recommend this book to you and any woman I meet. It's called The Power of a Praying Wife. It's by Stormy O'Martian. And I prayed that book and I'm telling you, I saw the craziest change. I mean, probably in myself too, but <laughs> so much I saw in our marriage. And that was easy at the beginning of our marriage to do that, to get on our knees to pray to read now it certainly is tougher we've transitioned and, and i'll you can share what you do but we've transitioned from the morning routine to the evening routine for sure um, because it's just easier when she's down and in bed but we do make sure that at the beginning of every week on sunday we pray together, pray together on sunday nights. 
that's our like marriage prayer for the week uh, because it is tough to do that every day together once you have a kid. And then we um, do our own, you typically do a devotional. I'm usually either reading in some book, kind of like Luke, like you're doing, or I'm involved in women's Bible study and we're following along in that. And then of course, prayers all day, every day. Well, he talked about that difficulty. So I think you kind of hit on it, which, which is great because there's sin and there's selfishness and their stubbornness, and he, and he really highlighted the stupidity part of, of marriage. I mean, I'm speaking for the guys on stage only. Uh, you hear that, that we do stupid things, right? And he talked about how sometimes those, those, those things that we do can really bring about greater difficulty. As you can be working towards healing, you could be working towards a great day, and something stupid comes in, and it sabotages joy, and it sabotages happiness, and then all of a sudden, you go to your corner, I go to my corner, and I think we have to be aware of those, those inherent flaws in our own selves. And I don't know if we minimize it, but we're just agreeing our awareness to it and allowing the word to change us. Um, I think that was a great point to pull out because there's been times where I've been completely selfish and stubborn and, and, and because we come from different backgrounds and different homes and I was raised differently and everybody in my house talked loud and everybody in her <laughs> house didn't talk loud. And so meeting me was probably a culture shock for her. Um, but yet we've learned to adjust to those um, and then again, we have college and, and teenagers. And so our routines are, we're just, we're in ministry obviously, but we're praying all the time. So it's throughout our day. It's not a morning or it's just whenever God's putting a prompting on our heart to pay attention to that. So he left us with four principles of marriage. And the first one was authority. And I thought that was a, a great place because I think God governs the marriage. And if he's, if he doesn't have that authority, then we don't have an opportunity to really uh, have a chance, but what, are, what, do you, what do you think when you hear authority when, uh, in, in, when it comes to marriage? Initially, rules. Yeah. Like, in all honesty, that's immediately what I think of. I don't think of God immediately, but then when you kind of dig into how God should have authority over your marriage, it becomes more of a comfort rather than a, a look at kind of like, oh, that's, I don't like authority. Um, I think there's a lot of, um, I, I know I kind of wanted to mention this earlier, but um, in our culture, there's so much talk about self and self-help and you got to do this for yourself and you got to, you know, reset yourself. But in marriage, like it's the covenant where you guys kind of bond and become one. Right, right. And the idea that, you know, you can sit here and be selfish and say, well, I got to go to the store and do this. I got to go see my friends and do this. It's like, yeah, it's all well and good. But at the same time, if you're going to make your wife a priority, you can't sit there and say, well, I need to do this for myself. I need to do this for myself. Cause I mean, you guys are one now. You got to kind of like, you, I'm sure you guys have attested to it. We're like, you got to walk through, okay, this is not just me taking care of me now. This is me taking care of my wife and kind of working through just instead of talking about what I do for myself to help individually, what can we do for ourselves as a couple to kind of reset? Yeah. And good. just to piggy off what you said, when Alicia and I first got married uh, and it's people, this is your own marriage, but when we first got married, we had our own checking accounts and I did not want to combine my checking account with Alicia whatsoever. I was like, this is my money. I worked hard for it. I don't want to share, you know, and you could take the, how much money you need for bills. I'll give it to you. But then, you know, Alicia, she started to explain to me like the benefits of having a combined account. And I was like, oh yeah, it makes sense. And then one day I just woke up, I was like, okay, we need to go to Chase and let's combine our accounts. But it was through her uh, just praying and, and the Lord touched my heart like, dude, like, 
just work together. You're, you're making it more difficult than you have to. So just to piggyback off what you said. And I think if you go against that authority, sometimes you'll have, you'll have, you'll feel that rub from the Holy Spirit. Like I didn't design you to be two separate people, same last name, under covenant, but living two separate lives. And, and he's the designer of the marriage. So he has the authority. He was the one who created it. But I like you, you mentioned it earlier, but uh, Pastor Marty's point really struck me was he was like prioritize the marriage and prioritize in the marriage, making each other a priority. And I think sometimes in life and the speed and pace of life, we, it, you don't want to want to be like, my wife is an afterthought or my husband's an afterthought, but to actually elevate to the priority. So one of the things we do is, I remember there was a season where my wife's like, when you come home, I just want you to do, a, give me a five minute kiss. And I'm like, that's a long time. <laughs> but you know, the first day I did it, I was like, this is pretty cool. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the kids are like hanging around us. And we got one, our little one, who's now 14, always pulling us up. Yeah, you guys are gross. Run into but a room. they needed to see that she was a priority. That it was before I go play with my one, this one, or go find out what's going on in my daughter's life to say, you know what? I'm prioritizing her. And I think Pastor Marty talked about that with his wife and how she becomes a priority. But then when that happens, things go well. I mean, I'm sure you love it when Liam makes you the priority and vice versa. Um, but we know what it's like when we're not the priority. It's like, well, what, what's competing for your attention and your time? What do you have to say about that? I was just going to, like, even before you started, I was just going to say the whole idea of priorities definitely been hard for me because at least at our age, we're like one of the few people that are married. Um, and so if you think about like all of her friends that aren't married, they're all single for the most part, other than like boyfriend, girlfriend, but um, it's the same thing with my friends. So there's not, there's not really anybody that we can look to that's our age that we can say, wow, he's prioritizing her like an example of it. Um, and so like Ari said before, we're trying to be a sponge for all the couples that have been married for seven, 22, 53, whatever it be, how many years that we can sit there and say, that's a goal we can look towards right. instead of sitting there going, well, all my friends are doing this. I feel like I should be out doing this. It's like, no, you're married. Like that's, you're in a different stage of life. You may be the same age, but it's a whole separate stage of life. Yeah. So you guys are going to be the goal. That's what it's going to be. Hopefully. And you will be. I mean, that's, I feel like that's what happened with us. We were the first out of our friends to get married. And it's a, it is a tough position because you, you want to hang out with married people and it's hard to prioritize your spouse. But now your friends will look at you and they'll realize that that's what they should be doing. You had a really tough time with that when we yeah, first got married. Yeah, I didn't prioritize Alicia when we first got married. Uh, my family called and I ran. I, uh, hang out, parties, let's do this, let's do this. And I really didn't prioritize Alicia like I should have. And then my mom sat me down and she's like, you are no longer single, you're a married man. And you saw, unfortunately, the things that happened in my marriage. Why would you allow the, the devil to take you down that same path? And, you know, with prayer and maturation, you know, now Alicia is a priority in my life. But it was it was hard. I struggled with that because I didn't want to disappoint my family because I love them. But at the same time, I didn't want to disappoint my wife. So it's like I'm balancing. Do I go here? Do I go here? So your real family. That's yeah. what Pastor Martin is. Yeah. And it's I think it's so easy to sit there and in the context of it when you hear that, sit there and go, oh, well, I'll always prioritize my wife. But then all of a sudden you get sucked into the daily kind of distractions and you go, and you look back and you kind of say, whoa, I really wasn't. Right. And so I feel like it's it's like one of those things where you look back and you're like, I was struggling hard. Because um, I'm sure maybe at some point I'll look back and do the same thing and be like, I really wasn't prioritizing her at this point or at this point. And it's always something we can continue to work on. I'm never, I'm sure we're never perfect at it, but right. um, 
it's just nice to hear from like a new couple's perspective that okay you're looking back on the early stages and that was a struggle because i'm sure you know there's there's a lot of struggle for us especially like you guys were talking about initially living together there's a lot of like back and forth where you're like i've never really lived with uh, my girlfriend before this is, this is a it's little hard. different yeah socks do have a place yeah. exactly yeah. right everything has a there's place a certain way to there's a certain way to fold there's a certain way to fold gotta, we're learning uh-huh. we're behind the door right. Yeah, you don't leave things open. Close them. <laughs> you can go all day. I'm, open, I'm available here, people. Well, I know Pastor Mari did talk about intimacy as well. And he mentioned sex, sex, sex. Everybody's like, oh, my gosh. I would think I was the only one clapping um, 22 years in, right? But he talked about intimacy and the purpose of, of how God designed it uh, through marriage and purpose, purity, and passion. And I just love the fact that he elevated that in a, in a God-honoring way that Sex is not a dirty word that the world defines it, but it's something to be enjoyed. And I mean, speaking from my perspective, um, God is good. (laughs) But I thought that that was an excellent point for him to bring out. And just to make sure that we're elevating, understanding if God created it, to use pastor's points, and it was to be fully enjoyed in the marriage covenant context, then anything outside of that is not his plan. And again, unfortunately, we have people uh, in the world today where that's not the case. And we have people we know and we just have to continue to point them to say this is the best way. So here at the church, we always wanna encourage people to get married and to live under the covenant because then you can have all the benefits. And so I thought that was a great point. And so I just wanna uh, end with this. I know that Pastor Marty talked about, if you're watching it online or on the podcast, he talked about a few resources. And he said, uh, The Meaning of Marriage by Tim Keller is a good book to read. Uh, Intimacy Ignited by uh, Dillow and, and Pintons and Boundaries in Marriage. Those are some books that people use as resources. And I tell you, over the years, you mentioned one of the books. But all these things, as well as engaging with other couples, are going to help us continue to grow healthy, strong, and, 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 and long-lasting marriages. So I want to thank you guys for coming out, having this discussion there. Uh, Don, you can relax now, man. It's over. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for watching the after show. We hope you uh, liked the discussion today. If something resonated with you, go ahead and comment and let us know. Uh, Click the subscribe button. We would love to hear from you. We'll see you here next week.